Hi there. Thanks for tuning in to the GeForce Podcast, a show for car enthusiasts by car enthusiasts. Before we get started, can you do me a favor? Think of your favorite car. It could be something crazy and out of this world, or something pretty ordinary. Just whatever comes to mind. Now, can you say why it's your favorite? Maybe there are a few reasons why. Keep that car and those reasons in your head. We'll come back to it in a little bit. As car enthusiasts, we're fortunate to have many streams of entertainment. From physical activities like driving and working on cars, to sports events, races, and media streams dedicated purely to the love and fascination of all things wheeled. We also have car meets. Well, I hesitate with that in this uh, COVID world, not as much as before. And we have a lot of friends and car friends that we can talk to and interact with. One thing that is a key part of car culture is the power of numbers. Zero to 60, top speed, horsepower, dollars spent, number of cylinders or gears or turbos, lap times, the, the list goes on. Numbers often dominate car conversations. An easy way to serve some sort of benchmark when comparing different vehicles. Even car manufacturers rely on numbers to convey the significance or the appeal of their vehicles, with pricing of course being the kind of the quintessential benchmark for most mass-produced cars. Heck, even numbers themselves can be relaxed to as simple as this is faster, cheaper, lighter than that. The point is, car culture is constantly trying to compare vehicles and even drivers to each other. I can't understate the importance of numbers and comparisons. Without a benchmark to measure against or compare to, cars would never improve, never push the boundaries of what we think is possible. Imagine if car people hadn't cared about the 200 mile per hour barrier. We may have never gotten the F40 or any true supercar after it. However, in the internet age, when everything comes down to views, listens, stats, likes, heck, even this podcast can fall into that category. But anyway, car enthusiasts have become too obsessed with numbers and stats. Too often we look to zero to 60, top speed, horsepower, dollar spent, number of cylinders or gears or turbos, lap times, in order to judge cars. Whether it be cars we're looking to get for ourselves or other people's cars, we obsess over numbers and comparisons from the media and the car manufacturers. I think too often we're looking to numbers to explain why we like certain cars or why we chose this car over that one so that other people can understand exactly why we think this way and why we chose this way. Let's go back to your favorite car and why you chose it. How many of those reasons are numbers dependent? Are those some of the main reasons? There's absolutely nothing wrong with sticking to numbers dictating your car decisions. I think that's actually probably the most logical way to choose cars. It sets a set of metrics that don't necessarily change with emotion and are therefore a fairly reliable set of criteria for liking a car. But what if we viewed cars in an emotional way? What if we cut past the barrage of numbers and comparisons and looked at cars as individuals, 
with flawed characteristics and imperfect qualities. Now that I asked you that question at the beginning about your favorite car, I think it's only fair that maybe I talk through my favorite car and some of the reasons why I love it. So my one of my favorite cars of all time is the Ferrari Enzo. It is one of the best performing cars when, it, when I first started researching cars, and I obsessed over everything about that car. 0 to 60 in 3.5 seconds, 650 horsepower from a naturally aspirated V12, and had the fastest lap time at Fiorano. It was the performance benchmark at the time, and I knew all the numbers about the Enzo. But as time has gone on, almost 20 years now, the Enzo has been far outclassed by cars from all the major brands. BMW, Mercedes, Honda, Chevy, they've all made cars that can outclass the Enzo in every single stat. For example, I can go to the dealership and buy a used C7 Z06 Corvette and beat an Enzo in almost any challenge you set up against it. Other than, of course, the uh, which one can go through a clutch the quickest. Enzo still has that one locked up with, I think it's three hard launches? It's pretty crazy. So if the Enzo can't compete with any of these modern cars in a numbers game, why is it still my favorite? Quite simply, the Enzo makes me feel the happiest when I think about it. Now, I, I don't actually own an Enzo, haven't driven one, barely even seen one in real life, uh, so I guess I have a little bit of more learning to, about the Enzo that I need to go pursue, but the reason why the Enzo makes me the happiest is it reminds me of how I got into the car enthusiast world, how I really started obsessing over cars and really understanding how amazing cars are. What matters most when liking cars, in my opinion, is that how that car makes you feel. It may not be the fastest, it may not be the most powerful, nor the most practical, but if it makes you feel happier, more excited, or fulfilled than any other cars, you've truly found a car that's worth loving and keeping. When buying a car, if we started to think more about how a car makes us feel instead of numbers, I think the whole car enthusiast community would be a lot happier. How does this work? Well, let's use the scenario of buying a car. If you pick a car that makes you feel the happiest, most likely a car that keeps you happy the longest, you're on the right path. How about practicality and reliability? You know, those are valid points that don't necessarily fall into the fun category, but I answer it like this. I'd ask, do you feel happy when your car breaks down? Do you like the idea of not knowing if your car will work the full journey? Whatever your answer there, that has to be factored into the calculation of how much happiness a car brings you. Now let's look at the scenario of happiness and compromise. When you're purchasing a car and you let happiness be the deciding factor, aren't you gonna, isn't it going to be ruined by compromise? Life is full of compromise, and if you were looking to get a car, I'm almost guaranteeing you're going to have to compromise no matter what you choose. And by choosing a car that makes you the happiness, I argue that you've already got the best out of a compromise. You take away an experience and you've got experiences going forward that are gonna keep you happy and fulfilled. If we stop caring about numbers and comparisons, we stop worrying about what other people think of our car. 
And if we stop worrying about what other people think of our car, we can start focusing on what we want in our car, what will make us happiest. Being a car enthusiast is a lifestyle, a choice on how we live our lives to be happier. We choose to fulfill our love of cars by obsessing over them, so it's only fair to keep happiness as the key metric of being a car enthusiast. It's really easy to get caught up in the world of numbers and comparisons, especially with cars. I'm not suggesting to completely ignore these comparisons, I think that's actually pretty impossible at the end of the day, but I am advocating for making the happiness you get from a car the key metric on how you choose cars. Cars that you like and want to go purchase, cars that you do put in your dream garage, and cars that you pay attention to at car meets. If a car has a high happiness metric to you, my suggestion is you go chase after that. At the end of the day, car enthusiasts should be a happy group of people.